Hello everyone, my name is Ilya and I'll be narrating the tale for you today. Tonight we will be bringing you a multifaceted tale of different vignettes. They were written by a variety of writers. Every so often there's a small writing contest that goes on to create mystical magical artifacts around certain themes. The winners of the various contests will be presented here tied up in an original tale written by myself. Due to the length of the entries, it will be split into two parts. We are doing, obviously, the first part today. The winners of these were written by Ledwin, whom you've heard before with his tale, Wild Heart. Lyrica, whom you've heard with such tales as Wake Up and Creatures, that was presented before on this podcast. We also have newcomers Odin and Dancing Deer, whom we both appreciate for their talent. If you wish to follow any of the above writers, you can find more of their work at, at their respective websites. Ledwin's is at ledwinlemarial.tumblr.com. Lyrica is theoneplainjane.tumblr.com. Odin is runicart.tumblr.com. Dancing Deer is dancingdeerintheshadows.tumblr.com. And mine is thebuildingcacophony.tumblr.com. As always, we'll put the links down below if you wish to visit any of them. We start our journey into the magical vaults that are shepherded by the science of antiquity. Ilya, whom is there for some reason that will become known soon, is taking a very lively discussion with their artificial intelligence, Mira. This entity helps in cataloging and maintaining the vaults, so please enjoy part one of the story, Into the Vaults. The vaults opened up like any other day. Ilya, one of the head researchers at the Scions of Antiquity, was within categorizing different artifacts. That, or chasing away her boredom, or hiding out from another disaster. Or maybe she possibly did something to embarrass her daughter, Ophi, and Ilya was hiding out because a punishment was surely waiting for her at home. It only made sense to her that the last place she'd be found was the place she'd be required to work. It was genius in its simplicity, until the familiar voice of Mira greeted her as she reached her prime sitting position. It was comfortable. Ilya groaned as she pressed her forehead against the table. Are you ready to do more work, Scion's pokes and pie? Scion pokes... Uh, must be Demi's doing. Guess she didn't appreciate me calling her dress to impress. She only said fells bells twice, Scion's pokes and pies. Mira, just use the familiar tone with me in today's session. Call me Ilya. As you wish, Ilya. Right. So, start up with what we were doing last time. Something about some mappity map? Yes, Ilya. To reintroduce. Roland's chronocartographical map. Artifact information. This is a rather recent acquisition of the Scion. It was part of a box of items that the reliquary sold to them a few seasons past and then promptly forgotten after the map seemed to change and be inconsistent upon its own. The true power of the artifact is that by gleaming into alternative timelines, it projects a sort of guess or estimation of what the terrain and the map will look like three weeks ahead of the current date. Unfortunately, 
Due to the chaotic nature of the timelines, it's almost impossible to be certain whether the map is going to be fully accurate. However, in momentous occasions, when the impact of a turning point that affects many timelines happens, the map becomes far more accurate. The appearance of the item is like any other, though it radiates both chronological origins and that of the arcane. The history of the map was Roland was a royal cartographer who was in charge of trying to map out the lands of a growing Suramar, but because of the increasing amount of change, took it upon himself to have the map commissioned. After several embarrassing incidents, when the projected changes did not come to pass, and he lost his appointment, the map was lost, only to be found in a box of items in Suramar. This box was taken by the reliquary, who tried to figure the item out, but after not seeing any considerable changes to the map, and having far too much else to go through, sold the map off to the science with several other small, unimportant items. Ilya pipes up at the end. Do Demi and Ledwin still sleep with the thing? It is still within their manner. Yes. <laughs> Permission to call it the nighty map? Permission to change existing artifacts into different names is denied. Aw, uh, party shut down by Mira. Fine, fine. What's another one that I haven't put on my radar? Is the evil candy one still down here? Do you mean the confessor candies? Yes. What exactly do they do again? The confessor candies. Its origins is that overall uses of shadow were always frowned upon the Scarlet Crusade, so those gifted with its uses had to find appropriate means for its power without giving in to their baser evil urges. Though many would say to keep within the ranks to do their work on ridding the world of demonic and undead forces, there were subtle uses to use upon those that were not pure enough within their holy work. It was often used as a soft interrogation tool, but moved into the darker dungeons to determine if a target is worthy. The appearance of the candies is a box of polished pine wood. It smells slightly of sugar and caramel. The candies themselves are of various colors, of simple sugar in natural, bumpy facets. Each small candy has a small dose of shadow, so when consumed, the target will begin to whisper secrets in their sleep. The consciousness may reveal anything the more they consume, and the longer the effects will be, and how deep the secrets will get. Typically, it's paired with chamomile tea to increase the sleeping effect and the target whom is offered, such will always have a room to stay in. It is still within the general vault. Yes! We need to give those to Diddlefingers. Make them some tea with a bunch of that shit in that. Make them drink it and go blah, 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 blah. Eh, maybe not. I don't really pay much attention to him after he goes on about proper manner. Demi has flagged you. To not urinate within the vaults again. I'm sure she has. 
Has there been any necessary punishments to doing? She has requested it to be flagged and reviewed. Which means I have a few months before she forgets. Sweet. I call that good enough reason as any to continue. But Ilya, I would highly recommend. So, Mira, what about something new? Something rumory? Tell me about those artifacts that we haven't been able to secure yet. Right, so let me tell you about this one. It is called the Cowl of Kaman Gale. The Cowl was created by a highborn sorcerer known as Kaman Gale, who was powerful, and during the Troll Wars, he was one of the elves tasked with the training of 100 humans in the ways of Arcane. He did his duty to the best of his ability, and one of his greatest students, a woman named Skyla Swall, was a remarkably fast learner. Skyla took in the sorcerer's knowledge and even learned some of the secrets of the craft on her own, which intrigued the man. Skyla was a plain woman, even for a human, but she had a simple elegance in the way she carried herself and a whip as sharp as any elven sword. And in the time, as the two spent more time together, Cayman Gale found himself falling for the human woman without even realizing it. The two rarely were able to spend time alone together, too many of the other students demanding the sorcerer's time and his own people doing their best to keep the obvious connection between the two from running into more intense feelings. Stealing seconds where they could, Cayman Gale was eventually able to profess his feelings for Skyla, who required it, admitting her own deep-felt feelings for the exotic teacher she had sought the time so often. As demand for his time grew within the human kingdoms, and more students bombarded him with questions any time he was seen on the street. Cayman Gale knew he had to find a way to be with his love without being seen. To do this, he made a cow, weaving illusion magic into every strand of the thread used to make it, letting his love drive him forward in his work. His deep love for Skyla and his power in the arcane helped him create the cow which he used to walk the streets with her without ever being recognized again, and he stayed with her as she aged. And when her age finally took her, he vowed to never remove the cow until his own time to pass, and his name was all but forgotten in time. The cow is known to be made with a deep red silken thread and is very simple in its looking design made to be as inconspicuous as possible to aid the magic infused within it. It has a silvery quilling around the edges, which were made to hang low enough to fully cover the eyes and cast a slight shadow around the face. When the cowl is worn, the user becomes unrecognizable. While not invisible, others find it hard to focus on the wearer even when deliberately attempting to. The illusion magics on the cowl make it so that the mind refuses to acknowledge the area taken up by the one wearing it, to the point where they could say your name and touch you, and others would be hard-pressed to find out who did it, 
even if they were the only other person around you. Casting magic seems to end the effect on the cow, and if one doesn't, they have to fully remove it and wait several hours before it will function again, as if the magic overloads its enchantments for a time. It seems at this time it is rumored to be found by a thief in Eversong Woods, who uses it to rob unwilling travelers on the road. The thief's name is rumored to be named Jarek the Silver-Tongued. Uh, thanks, Mira. Romantic and, uh, Eversong, you say? Another reason not to go to Eversnore. Hit me with another one, Miri. It is Mira, Ilya. Right, so another one. How about the monocle of misfortune? The appearance of the monocle is brass with a gold chain. Lens has a slight translucent property to it. Those who wear the monocle will first notice that their vision goes blurry before experiencing a vision of their own demise. Three days later, they meet that demise. As of today, none have been able to avoid their doom and extreme caution should be used while holding it. The history of the monocle is it was once owned by Lady Velisandria Elridon, who was a fortune teller in Murder Row that had a crystal ball as her most prized possession. The woman knew of criminals and such would fraternize in the area for a small fee. She would give insight and advice to some of the most notorious criminals. One day, while giving her daily readings, she met a man whom she fell head over heels for. He made her a promise of a better life, and that he would marry her. Foolishly, the woman believed him, and decided to put her business on the back burner, and devote herself fully to him. Days went great for a while before he changed. One day, she arrived home and discovered that he had left her for another woman and broke her crystal ball. Devastated by the loss of not only her love, but her moneymaker, the woman went out and tracked him down, killing him and his new lover as they slept. Afterwards, broken more than before, she took the pieces of her broken crystal ball and attempted to piece it together. After several attempts, the woman was unsuccessful in putting it back together and decided to end it all. After cursing all those who came in contact with the pieces, the woman drank a poison and died on her beloved crystal ball. A shadow priest, who was aware of the woman and the situation, came into contact with the pieces and created the monocle as a tool for killings and other ritualistic practices. After the shadow priest passed, it ended up in the hands of their disciple and is rumored to be floating somewhere in the dark areas of Undercity or even back to its original place in Murder Road. Unfortunately, no one else knows its current whereabouts. We sure hear a lot about artifacts. Do we have any of our allies that currently have any that aren't in our vault? Yes, Ilya. Let me tell you about the Lantern of Souls. It was made in the woods of Dresbar by a coven, made to collect the souls of those unlucky enough to wander too deep into the woods. 
souls collected were used to power ritual. After a fight, it was taken in by a group, and the souls were released by a shadow priest. The appearance of it is a small bottle with wicker wrapped around it and a metal wire handle. It is known as its powers to collect souls of beings to shine an eerie light for many nefarious purposes. The current status of the artifact is it is currently deactivated and held in storage by a shadow priest. It is heavily guarded till it can be taken back to the Scion. Things that carry souls should all be smashed. How many have I done now in the artifacts that we've carried in the vault? About five Ilya that have been found and destroyed on site to be erased from record and never to be spoken again. Maybe it'll be six if I could get my hand on Sparky McSpooky over there. Wait a second. Can I change that to its name? Deny Ilya. And to note, incoming transmission from Ledwin. Oh fuck no. I'm not here. Ilya, I'm not going to lie to the council. I'm patching him through. Fuck. Sister, can you tell me why Ophi came to me crying earlier looking for you? Ilya, I can tell where you're at with your communicator. Mira, tell him I'm not here. Ilya is currently not here. Counselor Lemario. Ilya at this time holds up a thumbs up, which Mira seamlessly narrates. And now, she is throwing me a thumbs up. Ledwin sighed. Ilya, if you continue this childishness, what would Oro say? I bet he and Ophi are very disappointed with you. Mira, Operation Roadkill, now! Cutting all communication due to something important happening in the vaults, right now. Current communication will return soon, once the important things have finished. At which, Ledwin cuts out and silence fills the vaults, leaving just Ilya and Mira again. Counselor Lomario will figure out your silence kill switch again, Ilya. I know, but at least I have a few minutes of silence. Well, they know I'm in the vaults, but they don't know where I am in the vaults. You are a genius as always, Ilya. Sounds like things won't end too well with Ilya if she keeps this up. It's always interesting to see different perspectives when someone takes a topic and makes it their own. Someone's perspective on fantasy may be completely different to mine, hence it's always fun to see all different details of the artifacts presented. We truly enjoyed sharing each of the winning entries with you. Please enjoy the song chosen at the end of this podcast. The details of such will be provided below. If you enjoy our work, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube section or sign up for the podcast in any one of the links below. Want to submit a story? There's a link down there as well. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you. Like always, our time is short together, but with what little time we have, thank you for sharing it with us. Good night.